1: hello beautiful listener pals and welcome to the self-love club the podcast dedicated to chatting about stuff that matters real talk and lols i'm your host pal crawford on the show today we're joined by jenna holmes aka plant mama jenna is an entrepreneur with multiple startup businesses she's so clever she even caught the attention of zoe foster blake i know right Jenna is super creative, really funny, great to chat with and shares her experience with being diagnosed with adult ADHD and how learning how her brain works has changed not only her life but those around her as well. Before we get into this chat that I know you're going to love, a quick reminder, we're an independent podcast, essentially a small business. We're not backed, funded by a big media company. This episode is not sponsored. So for us to continue making a free podcast for you, your support means so much. There are some really easy ways you can do that. Whatever podcast app you're listening on right now, whether it's Apple or Spotify, hit follow. That means you're subscribed. Also, on Apple, you can turn on automatic downloads. That means that when new episodes drop, they're in your feed straight away. Magic. Also, you can leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and write us a glowing review. This helps so much in others finding the Self Love Club and spreading our message. Also, you can share where you're listening, whether you're out for a walk, whatever you're up to, or take a screenshot of your podcast app, post it on your Instagram stories, and tag us at Club Podcasts. Hit follow as well so you can keep up with our content. There's spicy memes, funny TikTok videos, and of course, content from our interviews and cute self-love messages and videos. Right, let's get into our chat with Gina. Gina, welcome to the Self-Love Club. Thank you so much for coming to have a chat all the way over there in Australia. We've all been feeling for our Melb's pals. It's no fair for you guys, you know?
0: Yeah, and it's really kind of hit... Um... The small business economy pretty hard and like in in one hand i say that but in the other it's also like i've never seen community be so strong ever it's like yeah we were hit but at the same time like i've survived because of people in my community so it's Mm. like you know what i mean on one hand there's like this other side of it that i think only comes out in times where like you know there's a bit of like something going on that makes sense
1: yeah So we'll go through everything, but tell us a bit about yourself and what you do.
0: My main business is Plant Mama. And then I've also got um, Pasta Club and then I've got Sheila's Club. So Plant Mama is the main business that I've had for like five years. And so that is like, I basically build like indoor plant jungles in kind of like houses or commercial spaces. And then pasta club, we started about two years ago. Oh, well, no, sorry. The Instagram started about two years ago. And then I cooked for about six months. And then we started doing pasta clubs. Yeah, like at home last year for COVID. And then we had in-person ones starting at the end of last year. And then I have Sheila's Club, which is very in its early days, but it's basically just a very, you know, like the first wives club, that movie in the 90s. (laughs) I'm trying to create like small business kind of female. You don't even need to have a small business to be there, but like even just a creative freelance, like I feel like we don't have a union that like represents like the things that we need, like the questions that we have about like how to scale or price or like, you know like what's the price of creative thought and all those types of things so i wanted to create create i suppose just a kind of another club for that just on the side
1: yeah we'll go through all of that soon but take us back where did you grow up and when you were growing up did you have any idea of what you wanted to do
0: um so i grew up in Toowoomba in which was in Queensland it's kind of like a big small country town if that makes sense like it's small country town mentality and attitudes but it's like a definitely bigger town of the few in Queensland um my dad came from like farming Queensland and then my mum was like an immigrant from Iran and so they just like worked really hard they were just like I don't know really hard workers and I think I'd seen that early on so my like I had always just worked like I remember getting like a convenience store job at 14 when I could. I don't think I had thought that I would do anything of these things. I think I just like, I don't know, I left and became a teacher. I was a high school PE teacher for a few years before I did all this stuff. So all of this, even owning a business was nothing that I had planned to do. It was just kind of something that happened.
1: Yeah, as often as the way with entrepreneurs, hey, like, I mean, some people maybe grew up thinking, I wanna do this, but a lot of the time entrepreneurs sort of start sometimes by accident right because you've got a heap of ideas and it's just something you're good at doing
0: yeah and like I think I actually in reflection didn't really fit nine to five and it took me coming to own my business to realize that I didn't function well in going into a job at like eight o'clock and leaving at like four o'clock and like missing the whole day and having weekends free like I realized that my energy is not very like succinct like that like it actually comes in different ways and so I felt like when I was a teacher I was kind of just like a bit like on mute or that or just kind of a bit robotic I was never meant to be on that like um what's that assembly line
1: and when did you make that change from being a teacher to starting to do what you do now like how did that all happen for you
0: started a plant business with a friend that didn't work out and then I started plant mama but like obviously had to make that digression between like leaving full-time teaching to being plant mama full-time. So I left the full-time role and did relief teaching. And then I um was an Uber driver and waitress like on the side. So I would like drive Uber on the weekends and then waitress. And and then like over time, like as I built plant mama, it just kind of is like that thing that just it's like balance scales. Like you know you slowly do less teaching jobs and more plant mama jobs and then I was also nannying I think like anyone that has a business just does any extra job like they will just you'll just do whatever if you really want it because the thing is you don't make money at the start you have to invest it in building it so but you also pay your expensive Melbourne rent and all that kind of thing so you kind of have to just like really work I suppose quite hard to maintain different streams of income to support like the growth of those businesses you yeah
1: 100 percent. that's just such a good point that people who aren't in that position or haven't done that yet may not know is that yeah you can't put this pressure on yourself to be maybe even replacing your income of the job that you left because you do have to have those other income streams while you're building it and yeah it'll hopefully eventually work out
0: yeah like you just have to
1: like you gotta hustle I don't know I,
0: I remember like working those like Friday nights and planting installs and like alone and just really tired and like those nights where you just want to (laughs) like like year two and three where it's like just you still like building Mm. is this gonna pay off and you just really (laughs) don't know and like luckily I'm on the kind of start or not even start I'd say the middle of it definitely paying off but you definitely have those moments I was like what the hell am I doing all of this for like is Mm. there gonna be an end to the road and is the pendulum gonna swing back and it's gonna like give me something good in return? And it has, so I think that that's definitely encouragement to anyone out there.
1: Cause when you are doing something creative or you're starting something new, you can sort of wonder, is this even a thing? Like I remember when I started doing my podcast a bit more full-time and I remember saying to my cousin, I was like, I was in London having a fun time and doing interviews free COVID, RIP travel. And I was like, what am I even doing? Is this even a thing? And he was like, it's definitely a thing. You know, sometimes when you end up in a creative, something you've turned into a creative job, you do wonder sometimes, you're like, what is this? Because it's not conventional what we're sort of taught to do, you know? And then, and you're just working it out along as, as you go and you're not really sure. You just started doing a thing and it turned into a thing that could be a job. You, you understand, right?
0: Totally. And like my parents only now are like, Oh, okay, cool. This like plant mama thing is like actually a thing. Because like, how do you explain to them that you're leaving your financially secure yeah. university job for like putting indoor plants in people's houses? And they were like, why are you slogging your body? Like at the for what? And also they're in an age where they don't understand social media. So when you say like, oh, I got this job or whatever, they don't, that's you know it, what I mean? That yeah. doesn't comprehend to They can't measure that on their scale of what does it mean that you do. Whereas I feel like now, I think by the, how quick pasta club has grown, I think showed how much their benefit was on my brand that I hadn't realized.
1: Yeah. And because you'd built one then the next time round, you probably had learned so much from that. And you already had an audience as well. You know, you've already got.
0: Totally. And they just will transfer across if they're kind of followed you and not loyal, like they have to be loyal, but if they're interested in what you're doing, they will just go across you know
1: do you ever get or have you ever had moments of self-doubt where you're like well will this even work like will people even buy this thing do you ever think like that or do you just sort of give it a go and see what happens like
0: there's actually a tab open in my laptop right now a google form that's getting sent to like just my friends (laughs) i'm currently having an identity crisis so i'm like you know i'm asking the people around me to kind of tell me what they see as my strengths and weaknesses. Like I still, even in the brink of being able to have fabulous partnerships and awesome jobs and do all these like amazing things, I'm still like everyone else. And I'm like, what am I doing? And like, because I'd recently gotten sick, it's made me just be like, how much energy and time and effort am I putting into things and what am I getting out of it? And what do I want to spend time doing? And I think because I've got three different businesses, I run so many hats in each one of those that I was bound to get sick and so it's like thinking about and spending this time working out like where am I going to direct more thoughtful energy towards Mm. because like you can't work in that fashion anymore like I'm not 21 it's also not like I'm missing out on living in Melbourne in my 30s and seeing my friends because I'm literally working like all of the time Mm. so I think I've I've and there is that part we've got to work really hard you've got to hustle but I think like I kind of then went further past that I think.
1: Mm. I've seen what you've done I listened to another podcast last year I think where you talked about you know the amount of hours and slog and you know you do physic it's physical work that you're doing as well and people who may do their own thing like you say you are wearing all the hats you're doing so many things so like people be like oh just get someone else to do that you're like yeah with what money like how am I supposed to pay someone to do that you know like I don't even know if I'm gonna get paid this week but you know yeah you do end up doing so much oh my God. I think burnout is inevitable when you're running your own business especially when you don't have that resource for you you know where you can just ask someone else on on your staff it's like oh hang on a second there's no one else you know I know I
0: was still like I a laugh about it now but I it sends me like shivers but like I still remember this one job and it had like five sets of stairs and I'd forgotten when I went initially to look at it for plants, the plants that I didn't write anywhere that there were the stairs and I there was a bit of a delay in the install so it was like you know two three months later I'm not even kidding, like 15 large cacti and like 20 bags of soil and like 10 bags of stone and I was on my own and I just carried it all and I just did it and, you know, and because I couldn't pay someone to come and help me and I, so I just, and I would do that on the weekly, you know. So there's a huge payoff to that because it was like so many of my clients literally would be like you are so hard like you they would just comment so much on how hard working I was and then that's where a lot of the word of mouth came from because they were like this girl like she comes in with you know all this soil and shit and she's like pulling it up the like you know (laughs) I would just get in and get it done because that's just like how I am I'm just kind of like a machine in that in that way like if i'm focused and i'm interested in something i can just like get in and get it done you mm. know
1: so how long have you been doing it for now
0: um so plant mama is nearly 5 years old yeah. yeah wow
1: how have you seen it grown in that time
0: it really from the start was like i think its biggest strength was the instagram like because i come from a photography background so i was able to just like <laughs> make sure that the content that i was uploading was was good and then that is just timing i think timing and a product and a brand is like honestly if you're hitting the market at the right time i'd hit the market when plants were just starting to become really cool so it meant that like people were coming to my page for like inspiration photos and reposting and so i really got swept up in that really like sharing tagging kind of world i suppose And then once the design files picked up a few and you get a few kind of articles like that or online blogs and stuff like that, it just kind of builds Mm -hmm. from there. I think the thing that's like, I suppose, with both of the businesses is that they both have been a part of my personality that I was naturally drawn to doing. And I've just found a way to make money from it. Every spiritual book, podcast, everything that you read and listen to it always ends up being really easy. It's like, what do you gravitate towards? You know, like what is the thing that you would do if you weren't getting paid?
1: Yeah, well, if you're going to slog your ass off and, you know, lug bags of soil upstairs, you want to be doing something you're passionate about, right? Like if you're going to start a business, don't do it for something you don't even like.
0: Literally, I would do all that and I would be in hell. When I was carrying all that shit up the stairs, I would think, okay, well, your other option is to go back to teaching. And that was so cruel on my mental state because it was so robotic I really enjoyed like being able to have my dog at work with me or like you know have a day off in the midweek or work on the weekends and like that flexibility of time was so valuable to me that I was willing to do all that work if Mm. that makes sense the alternative to go back into teaching which is easy money just like really was not an option
1: yeah um how did you work out you know when you do start something that's a creative passion business how did you work out we don't have to go into specifics but how did you work out how to charge people and like how like all that side of thing was that something you were already savvy with
0: um I think like luckily I'd known a few interior designers so like I was able to kind of I mean, when we started, because it was just like plant design, we just made the roll up. It wasn't really something. You could just kind of decide how you wanted to charge in what way because you would like, this is what we do. So I suppose I kind of combined a friend had a um, landscaping job. So I kind of combined his landscaping business and how he would quote and charge and then how an interior designer would charge and kind of mesh the two so that like so you would pay for like the design package like an interior designer would and then you would pay for the plants install you know soil pots like all that kind of stuff so it just changed like honestly like every month I change how I did it like I was just if I got feedback or if it wasn't working like I instantly because I did everything like I did all the copy I did all the brochures like I, I do everything on photoshop myself if something wasn't working, like I would literally just go in and and change it to make it different or easier, you know?
1: Yeah, that's so that's a good tip. So when things you felt weren't working or maybe you weren't getting as many bookings, you would just make changes on the spot. Is that sort of how oh you learned to do it?
0: Yeah, and like even pasta club, like I've changed pasta club week to week. Like week to week, like in terms of what we're because 'cause I'm like, this is not working. Change it. Why right. would you keep doing it? The sooner you change things that don't feel right, the sooner you get to the end result, which is how they're meant to work. So yeah. I'm super cutthroat on being like no we need to change this there are better ways to do it and like I don't know I feel like if you kind of connected to the energy of how things are rolling like we'll do pastor clubs that are a disaster there's probably been like maybe three or four that have just been a disaster and it's been for certain reasons and like I've been able to identify those and be like cool we need to do better that sucks that those people came and had that experience because like I wasn't organized or on top of it but this is why they happened we can't do that again so it's kind of done it for so long and I'm like so on the hustle train you just become like quite resilient to things not working and ideas failing and I've I try so many ideas and 99% of them fail that one percent of the time when they work they're really great because I'm constantly churning through them or like trying different things
1: what have been some of the biggest I guess lessons or challenges along the way I mean how do you also another thing how do you not keep getting burnt out because that's something myself doing to like so many things I'm constantly it's getting better but even recently I got burnt out again I'm like how do we not do this when we're doing our own thing all the time it's so hard you know I actually feel like the the Burnout that I've
0: experienced in the last two months was a culmination of not experiencing often burnout over the last five years. And then I just got like wallet like again, sort of thing. But I mean, last year I broke my ankle in ISO. So I feel like that was like another, like, you need to slow down and just like kind of stop, sort of thing. I am only just learning this because I'm having to put it into practice, but i feel like the easiest and simplest answer is to actually not say yes to everything the biggest fear in any person that is a freelancer or creative is that the next week no one's going to hire us Mm. so we take on so many jobs that's like maybe potentially unrealistic to achieve in order to like secure income because we're just worried that it's not going to come back to us and it's funny because I haven't physically been able to work. We've had to still run pasta clubs and I've got merch and stuff, but like, I'm not working. Like I haven't been able, I've only just this week been able to kind of really jump on emails and do stuff. I've had to like find other ways to make income and I've been able to make it and I'm not doing the 500 daily things that I do that's sending my body into that exhaustion sort of thing. Like, so last year when I broke my ankle and I pivoted and made all the merch because I was restricted to my desk, things happen like I got sick I got the world like ripped underneath out under me I couldn't do anything so I did the simplest things I could to make money that worked do you know what I mean like I feel like it's your job I think as any business owner to be able to be nimble and just change like when the wind blows because as we all are finding out it's changing all of the time
1: Mm, yeah that's such good advice and some yeah like saying you don't have to always say yes you're so right it's like feast or famine right you're like I better do this extra thing it sort of all works out I've always found that it just keeps working out especially if you're a hard-working person and you are smart about things it does sort of work out in its own little way doesn't it it's like I feel like almost the universe knows that you need work you're like okay I need some more work now and it just gives it to you I've I've found that myself as well
0: I know and it was so ironic like the universe provides it's in is so right like in ways when you need it like when I was sick people had to obviously go through the emails and do the emails for me and then an accounts person and so when I was sick but they had to go in and do all of the emails and run it all without asking me stuff or just figuring it out and by them going through the emails and all the ones that I haven't responded there was like all these money opportunities in those emails that weren't business, pasta club, plant mama things, but were brand things or Instagram social things or like, and like really good opportunities that Mm. had been missed because like I hadn't responded or blah, 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 blah. And it's just like when we shut everything down because I wasn't able to like think or move or do anything, there were actually all of these opportunities in there the whole time that were available to me but i was just too busy chasing you know the thing that i had promised everyone that they would be getting
1: yeah tell us about your sickness because i know you've been really unwell so what happened i got this like
0: um stone in my throat we were meant to talk like the day before i think it happened
1: and it
0: turned into this huge it was like the size of a cricket ball in my throat it was huge and blocked my gland so my gland had swollen really big so we went into hospital and they just like smashed me with antibiotics and painkillers and then I was in there for a few days when I was at friends houses for a few weeks like just laying flat and then just on really slow recovery like I probably in the last week felt like a little bit more back to normal. Like it's been so much longer. Oh, and then I got shingles after two weeks after I got out of hospital, I got shingles in my ear. So I had all of these blisters forming on the inside of my nerve ear. It was so painful. And then I was so sick. And I mean, like I've been walloped, Mm -hmm. like I have been just, you know, that type of exhaustion where you can't like go to the end of the street. You can't like really look at screens too much. Yeah, I'll get the stone out in the next few weeks and then the shingles just need to manage stress. But it was so stressful. Like before I went into hospital, we just had a lockdown. And so that one I had to give like tens of thousands of dollars worth of refunds back like every time we go into lockdown. You just have to refund so much money and it's stressful. And like yeah. you've got to call people and make calls and like cancel. It's just like reschedule, send emails. Yeah. It's, it's incredibly stressful, especially just the events industry in general. It was not the right time to get into it.
1: Also with um, Pastor Club, I remember seeing and like, hello, she is only one of my favorite people ever. I've tried to get her on the podcast heaps, but she's very busy doing things. Zoe Foster Blake was like helping you, like mentoring you a little bit and she was a big fan of pasta club. That's so cool.
0: Yes. I had done some plants in her house. Yeah. When we, I had done the pasta club, we had just given one to her to trial it and she liked it, which was awesome. Um, I've been super grateful to have anywhere, any help from anyone because like, I just, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing most of the time. So. She's been super helpful, and she is very behind small business, especially female ones, and I think that she's created this kind of, like, follow-on effect. We all kind of help each other. Mm. You know, it's like my job to then help someone if they need or whatever, so it's been super um beneficial like a lot of people come from all ages saying that they had heard from her blog so it's definitely um had a had a good
1: effect she was like right well is the is the website live and you're like oh god and then you had to get the website quickly
0: <laughs> yeah I was like super blase about oh I'll do it like next way classic me who just like puts everything off that I don't want to do and she just had said like I was going to post it she that she was going to post it and that it would be good if if all the information was on the website about Pastor Club when she did that and I just was like ran upstairs and smashed out like a three-hour session. I was very grateful to get the heads up that's for sure.
1: (laughs) Now you have told me personally about some things That you've been learning about and finding out about yourself so tell us about your experiences with what's been going on
0: you're talking about ADHD yeah
1: I don't know how to (laughs) to bring it up you told me that you had been diagnosed with crazy crazy behavior (laughs) so yeah you told me that you'd been diagnosed with ADHD which I was like girlfriend like that's I think there's so much stigma And, like, people don't understand what it really is. And that's why I think for a lot of people, they probably don't want to say they have it. You know, maybe it would make a lot of sense to people if you could tell them. So tell us about what that's meant for you and, and why you sort of got to that process in the first place.
0: I know it's funny because I actually was, before I had got the diagnosis, I was the person that didn't know anything about it either. Like, I understand the stigma because I was one of the people who was part of that. Like, I... And the craziest thing, I even think about it now, is that like I was a teacher. You would assume that I would actually know all of the details about how to identify ADHD and would be able to like see them myself, but I never did. I only got diagnosed about two years ago. I first actually heard there's a guy called Kerwin Ray. He's got like, he's an Australian guy, he's got a great podcast. He has ADHD and... He had these really small, like, three-minute podcast episodes. He had done one about his ADHD, and he just said, like, one or two things that I remember just, like, you know when the the hair on your back of your neck just, like, the energy alerts you to something? He talked about how he had, like, the hypersensitivity to boredom. He talked really fast, would get enthusiastic and cut people off, you know, when he got really excited about things. And I remember just being like, oh, I can relate to that, like so hard. People think I'm being rude or like loud. My thoughts run so fast that I have to get out what I'm trying to say before they like escape sort of thing. I'd say about a month or two later, this is still like the craziest way to find out. I'm like a creature of habit. I go to a cafe every single day. That's, and just this one day I had went to the cafe that I go to and I swung up a conversation with the barista that always makes my coffee. And like, she honestly just said something super flippant. Like, like you can have ADHD. And I was like, oh, maybe. And then she was like, oh, no, I've actually been waiting to have this conversation with you. And I was like, what? And she said, look, I I have got it because I got diagnosed a year ago and it's changed my life since knowing it. And like, I watch you every day when you come in (laughs) here because I take my laptop there and do like a few hours of all my emails and stuff before I go out buying plants. I've seen like how you behave and how you speak and all that kind of stuff. And we're really similar and like I just didn't know if you had known or not or whatever and I was like what and then she basically said this, like I noticed like when you sit down you can do a task for about like 10 minutes up on your phone going to the toilet you're outside on a call like you've got about a 10 minute you know attention span and like you can dart conversation topics really fast she has made a comment about like how all her friends used to get really angry at her because she would never text back. And that one just really like pinged me hard because that's the biggest thing I struggle with the most is that like everyone in my life that loves me and that I love has really struggled with my inability to write back to text messages because I get so many and there's so many conversations that I have during the day that they just send me down a rabbit hole. Mm. So I just avoid them and then either audio message or call when I have time sort of thing. Yeah. But, and so, like, I still remember, like, going on my laptop and, like, literally just typing into Google ADHD symptoms, not just going to the first one, like, making sure I went to, like, one that, like, was credible, like, you know, actually. And there was just this, like, list. <laughs> there was just this really long list of, like, it wasn't, like, the th- top three things. It was, like, 30 things, like, really detailed things that... And as I went down the list, it was, like, I actually had every single one of them. Like, it wasn't even, like... I had a few, it was like I had every one of them. I remember like literally staring out the window and everything just literally went blurry and I was like, oh my God, this is explains like my whole entire life. Like mm. literally, like I was like, this explains my whole life. And so then I took a week off work, like I'm not even joking. I scrapped everything for a week and I like went hardcore on research because I knew the process was, you know, I needed to go to my doctor, get a referral go to a psychiatrist, get tested, and then, like, work out my options from there. Like, I knew straight away that's what the kind of chain was to mm. get the diagnosis. It was like someone handed me a manual for, like, a brain that I'd carried around for, like, 29 years and didn't know about. And I, like, watched all these documentaries. I listened to podcasts. I've got all these books. And I, like, couldn't even go to sleep because, like, every time i close my eyes, I'd be like, oh, my God, that's why I do that. Or, like, that's why I do that.
1: Did you ever have any, any opposition to it? Were you like, no, that's not right? Or were you just always accepting and, like, yeah, this is, this is totally me. It
0: was actually that like, I felt like I took a breath for the first time ever. Oh my God. I'm not an idiot. And that's like, honestly how I thought, because like we are innately like disorganized and we lose our phone and like admin's really hard in communication. And, you know, we'll talk about the positives. Cause I got lots of time for the positives, but we do spend more time in our heads on those negatives. And like, it's quite exhausting for us mentally because we're just trying to keep our shit together. There's been no shame or like no, yeah, I haven't been at all defensive of it because I'm actually like, this fucking makes so much sense. It felt like so amazing to feel like, oh my God, I'm not the only one. And just like learn so much stuff about it. Like it's, it's super empowering. I feel like the day that I started making more money and actually started working with me was the day that I found out because I was like, oh my God. And like all these other entrepreneurs have it. Actually most successful ones have it. And like, these are the things that they've had to do to get it. Like Seth Godin, who's the business king of kings, he's got it You know, Kerrin Wait, Ray's got it. Richard Branson's got it. There are so many qualities of being an entrepreneur that actually are aligned with having ADHD as well, you know? So I felt like I knew that I had that either go, okay, this sucks, let's be defensive, let's be stigma. Like ADHD people are like crazy and all over the shop. Or I can be like, okay, well, the people that I actually admire have it anyway. Just like listen to what they've been able to do to like, you know, utilize it, I suppose.
1: Yeah. It's fascinating when you hear of people who have it because There's so many, and that's the thing. There's so much stigma. People just don't really know enough about it. But when I've had conversations with people, there's like really high up doctors. And you say, like you say, a lot of entrepreneurs and creatives, people who are doing really cool stuff, really smart people. And then you see what they've done while they've been probably struggling to focus and their brain's so busy. I've got such a busy brain as well, and it's exhausting sometimes. I mean, obviously it's, it's incredible what you've done, but how have you done it when you've been, I mean do you ever think that to yourself how have I done this while I've got all this stuff going on for me yeah I
0: mean I think that the benefit to all of it is because there's they say like there's three types of ADHD but like one is like predominantly hyperactive the second is predominantly inattentive and then the third is a combination of the two so I am blessed with the combination of the two so I've got both both kinds but I ha- definitely have hyperactivity quite severely, which means that it's hard for me to sit still. So I feel like the reason that my business has grown in what would take people normally 10 years is taking me five years, is because if I spent most of my life not being engaged in something that I really liked. The thing is, the, if there's a lot of power in finding a person with ADHD, finding what they're into. And then they turn into like five people and then work like, you know, like really hard. So I feel like the reason I've been able to do so much is because I find it really hard to relax. That can be an advantage in some regard. And also like, I'm really into what I'm doing. And I think that when you do so many other different jobs for so long and feel so shit working for other people, it just kind of motivates you even further to just like build this thing where you can make life easier. And like, you, you know, you read Tim Ferriss' 4-Hour Week, and it's like you can generate really successful, smart ideas by putting the legwork in to create something that just generates itself.
1: How has it changed your life? It sounds like it's completely changed your life and made you feel... Like you can breathe and you can be like, oh, it makes sense. Like, you know, I think for a lot of people when maybe they get diagnosed, they're like, there's not something wrong with me, you know, like it's a thing. There's a lot of people with ADHD that have self-esteem, a lot of self-esteem issues, a lot of depression. So that must have been a relief for you.
0: Yeah, it was definitely like, it changed all of my relationships instantly. Once I told everyone, they were like, duh, like, I'm (laughs) like, hello, like, I'm not surprised. But I think once I then educated them further about, you know, I can be really forgetful. If you need to tell me something important, don't tell me while I'm doing something. Or if I haven't responded to your text, like just call me. Or if if I come to something, I might forget this. There's certain things that I think has just changed in my relationship with everyone because I've been able to be like, this is what I need to function. Because ADHD is all about our executive functioning is harder to kind of maintain. So organization paying attention and like all those types of things are hard for us so telling people details about what is in the disorder I suppose is kind of made it easier for me if that makes sense people have a lot more patience even like the other day someone was like oh yeah I told them that if they wanted to get in contact with you that you weren't great on emails but if you send an audio message you might get back but if you're not interested you just won't respond and I was like thank you for telling them that. like, Thanks for prefacing that that's how I work. I've also just had to like, accept that this is just the way that I am. Like, you know, like it is really hard for me to be organized. It's far harder to try and push against those types of things Mm. than it is to just accept them and get help, you know, rather than trying to be Tidy and a perfectionist, and all those types of things, you know?
1: Yeah. What sort of things have you done to, I guess, be able to function better knowing what you know now?
0: I've definitely benefited from there's like this concept called like having a body double or having like a left hand or a right hand. So I've really benefited from having like an assistant or having someone that's with me all the time. I look after like the bigger picture and I will do the bigger scale things and then she'll come and do the finer details and make it like neat or like even just having someone in the room when I'm doing things, like I feel like makes me feel like it's easier to be focused on things and just doing like small tasks for shorter periods of time and having like a reward system. When you find out you have something that makes you like a little bit different in all the research that you do, you try like all these different types of ways to do things. Like you're like, okay, I'm going to do a bullet journal. Okay. I'm going to do a timer thing, or I'm going to do like cognitive behavior. I'm going to do like, I'm going to do therapy. Like, you know, I've gone to therapists that don't have any experience in ADHD. So that doesn't really work for me because I need someone that Mm. understands, you know, the hyperactivity and like the rejection sensitivity and all that. Like there's, there's really like a deeper side to it. I've tried lots of different things and a lot of them don't stick. Like yeah. a lot of the things, I'll, like, I'll do a bullet journal. And then like, do you know how many diaries I have purchased in my life? <laughs> I swear to God, I think I purchase a new one like every two months with the hope of like, using it like i don't use google calendar it's too hard for me to like conceptualize like all of that kind of stuff i've actually to be honest i've learned to just work to my strengths creative content social media working on merch meeting customers and getting other people to do everything else because i think that our strengths can be really strong but our weaknesses can be like even Mm. weaker
1: Yeah. And what about did you go down, and if you don't want to talk about it, it's fine, but did you go down the medication route at all? Because, I mean, most people I know who have ADHD are medicated, like because it would be pretty hard without, right?
0: Totally. So, yeah, I've got uh, medication that I'm meant to take every day, but I definitely don't. I take it when I need to do, like, computer work and, like, things that require me to be Things that I find really hard. So if I've got to clean, I've got to organize things, if I've got to do computer work, if I've got to like be really, I suppose not creative, (laughs) then I'll take it. That's not recommended. I mean, anyone listening, if if you get diagnosed, like your doctor will obviously prescribe you what you need. Like that movie Limitless with Bradley Cooper, that's what it does. It actually does work. You take it and it's like Whoosh. like you're just like <laughs> I am focused yeah. sort of yeah, yeah. Like, I am in I've my own vortex taken, right
1: now <laughs>
0: yeah I think it's just made me be like cool okay so ADHD people probably shouldn't have coffee this is these are the types of social relationships we should have this is how we work this is how we get exhausted so it's just learning about yourself you know
1: mm. what have been some like you said you've done so many different things there may be someone listening that maybe thinking oh my goodness this is me or it's something they've been looking into they say that a lot of girls were not diagnosed when we were growing up it was a lot of the boys you know if you think about adhd add the stigma and the stereotype is oh the naughty boy in class you know so a lot of girl girls missed out because a lot of us we could focus and and do our work and everything and then you're seeing a lot of adults i've got a lot of friends at the moment have got children and then they're getting their kids diagnosed and then they're like oh hang on a second and because it is hereditary it runs in families it's like well i've probably got it too you know so i'm sure there's so many things people who maybe are in that same boat might find really helpful learning about how you've learned to manage things
0: yeah and also it changed that whole family dynamic because my um dad got diagnosed after i did and so then it was like oh my god all of the things that we used to get frustrated at him for are because of this and like you know he he wasn't not listening had that same kind of roll-on effect sort of thing Mm. I think that there's obviously lots of research I know that currently it's a TikTok trend that everyone has ADHD in what I think is that it's a spectrum and I think that everyone has moments of ADHD or they're either, you know, middle on the spectrum or you know, whatever. Like I think that everyone could have it, but obviously I don't think that everyone needs to be medicated. The First thing I would do would be doing credited research. So, I mean, Google can be your best and your worst friend with information. But I mean, if you just look at the URL or the details at the bottom of the website, who's writing it, I think podcast is great. There's a really good podcast called Faster Than Normal. They only go for 20 minutes, which is great. Great if for an ADD brain, guy.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter
0: Shankman, he knows. I'm like, you know. Um, and there's another one that's called the ADHD Expert Podcast, which is really good as well. Um, so there's also heaps of books. The good thing is there's so much information out there and it's all pretty much the same. Like everyone kind of t- talks about the same types of things and there's the same symptoms and all that type of stuff. It's like such an easy fix because there's so much data and information out there that like it's not like we're waiting to get a cure you know what I mean it's Mm -hmm. like there's also some really good YouTube clips as well um there's a girl that has like an ADHD um I think like the channel she's all over there if you just typed ADHD in she'd come up straight away she's got heaps of little time that explains everything and like because I'm a visual learner I found those things really powerful as well and then also like you meet so many ADHD people once you have like brought it into your stratosphere and you've confirmed it and you I tell people super casually I'll tell clients and they will understand me more which has strengthened our relationship I tell people comfortably because I feel like it removes the stigma and also connects people and it's like you notice that once you have it you've got it you go to parties you'll like find the other ADHDs in the room and then you'll just be like ah and you'll they'll always be like the fun like Smart, quick-witted, like, funny, creative person in the room that you want to just, like, attach to and spend the whole night with. There's so many good parts to just, like, figuring it out.
1: Some brilliant people have it, right? Like, just absolute amazing people that are just the, yeah, like you say, the life of the party. Do you ever have times where you do feel like, now that you know that it might, I don't don't want to say flare up, but just you can find it gets worse for you and then you're getting overwhelmed? Does that happen a bit at all?
0: Yeah, the overwhelm is definitely, like, a, um, you just nailed the like emotion that we all feel the most is like overwhelm. Um, I think the overwhelm definitely happens when I take too much on, and it's really hard to manage the overwhelm because we definitely struggle with like emotional regulation. So like, we're kind of chill most of the time. I think someone said ninety percent namaste and ten percent I'll cut a bitch and that can happen really fast so it's like you can be really cool and chill with everything and then if emotion sets off so I could be so fine, and something happens with work that's really overwhelming it can really send me quite um into that emotion quite fast and it can take us three times the amount to regulate back down so it's like if you and i have an argument you might get over it straight away it might actually literally take me a day and a half to bring those chemicals back down the emotional um, regulation side of it is an entirely other side of managing it there's a lot of self-negative talk there's a lot of like rejection sensitivity dysmorphia so like when people say give you negative feedback or say things it can be really like you know i remember when i had my first unhappy plant mama client it rattled me for about like three weeks easily. It was kind of it gave, I suppose, those types of things a bit of a better understanding.
1: Yeah, totally. I haven't actually spoken about this yet on the podcast and I'm I'm planning too soon. But yeah, I'm sort of looking into it for myself because I actually was given a diagnosis when I was younger and I never really did anything about it. And I'm just finding myself now just getting over I think it's just doing too much sometimes and just the overwhelm and yeah, it can get a lot. And it's weird cuz I never experienced it until the last couple of years maybe of doing what I do now that I sort of was like well maybe I do need to do something about that you know cuz I was always able yeah, to, I what? was always able to focus at school my family like my it's all through my family my so it's no wonder I didn't but I was they never looked at me because you know I was able to do everything so yeah, yeah I, it's
0: funny cuz like it's I like I wasn't picked up in high school either cuz like you know I did well in school and like I and when I was teaching, none of the symptoms were, I mean, they were, they were like in my life, but I think having a business exacerbates them so much Yeah, that's so what's happened more. to me.
1: Yeah. It's just having yeah. too, too many plates and things you're juggling. And, and then, then yeah. I was like, well, is that just normal? Because anyone, but then I don't know, I'm, I'm still sort of working it all out.
0: Yeah. I was going to say Seth Godin talks about like how you're either kind of two people, like people are either hunters or they're farmers. The hunters have a shorter attention span, but they can hyperfocus and they will go out and explore things. They're your ADHDs of the world, and then you've got your farmers who are like, you know, they can like comply, do the same thing over to ensure that like they're doing the right thing and it's giving to the economy. If you're a hunter trying to be a farmer, which is like me trying to be a teacher, it can be really hard. Or if you're a farmer trying to get them to be a hunter, it's the same thing. So it's like you have to work out where you sit on the edge and, like, which is more beneficial. And it's like you and I obviously have taken the hunter route because we don't want to be, you know, (laughs) nine to five. But it's kind of like that's what our natural setting just might happen to be. Mm.
1: Yeah, for sure. So when you reached out, I was like, that's really interesting because I'm sort of thinking about these things at the moment too. (laughs) Yes,
0: it's good. Once you know, you know, and it's just like everything is so much easier. It really is. Yeah. I think everyone should just explore, I think, their own mental health journey in general, like Mm. learn about – what are the things that are really hard for you? What are the things that are really easy for you? Like, you know, I think it just makes life easier when you know who you are.
1: Yeah. I think that's the thing with the, with ADHD and ADD. I mean, people need to maybe educate yourself. If you're less than this, you don't know what it is. Go and read about it because you that would be really helpful to people maybe who do have it so that maybe you could understand them a bit more and and i think honestly surely people all people have traits of it you know like like you say we're on a spectrum and there's probably things that because a lot of things on there and normal human emotions that's why i've I've always been like but that's just a normal human thing like why is that a condition you know
0: yeah yeah like everyone loses their keys and like cuts people off verbally and like you know doesn't have impulse control and like short attention span but I think like if you can go down the list and you feel like you're nodding at most of them like and also like I think the the thing i read once or seen once is that it's like and it's affecting your life Mm. which is what all of those things were doing like it wasn't like they're happening and my life is easy it's like no they're happening and my life is hard because I'm struggling to try and be disorganized I trying try and sorry try and be organized or like all those types of things because I think the biggest thing is that all the focus needs to be is getting actual high school students that have ADHD to find what they're good at because if yeah. you can find earlier on what you're good at it's just like game over because that's how we become creative geniuses is yeah Find what we're into.
1: Yeah, because you are able to hyper-focus on the things you're into and then generally the things you're not, you're like, eh, see ya, don't wanna do you. Yeah,
0: correct, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. that's
1: such a good piece of advice, I think, because rather than people thinking there's something wrong with them, focus on the good things about about what they love. I hate hearing of people feeling really bad about themselves because of maybe the way their brain works sometimes because I can relate to that and I'm sure you can as well.
0: Yeah, and I feel like there's a lot of verbal, there's this saying in the ADHD world a lot that's like, it's not a um, curse, it's a gift. And it's kind of like I chose to look at it like that because it was just like, why am I going to spend the rest of my life Thinking this is a bad thing. This is just like what I've been served. It's my job to kind of work with it, not against it. And I honestly think once you see the people that have achieved stuff with it, it like, and that's also the reason why I'm like, I've got ADHD because I'm like, if people already kind of communicate with me on my Instagram and we're having those open conversations and they're like admiring me for my business hustle maybe the ones out there that have adhd that think they can't do it will realize that the reason i have been able to do it is because of my adhd you know
1: Mm. how do you think it's helped you how has it been your greatest gift
0: i think it's like um the creativity is so fiery like i have so many ideas like all the time really fast ones I feel like as I spoke before about like making decisions and making changes quite fast I have a really strong gut intuition that just like follows me and I trust it um I also like take a lot of risks which is also like an ADHD thing that's why a lot of entrepreneurs are ADHD because we just take we don't really assess danger very well which you know has worked out in problems in my life before definitely but in good way especially in business like i'll just be like i don't care if people if this fails or people don't like it i'll just do it anyway so I think there's an element to that. And also just we really think outside of the box. Like I have this thing where like I don't want to do anything that anyone's done before. It's like an obsession that I have. Like I I think now like value being different and unique rather than being neurotypical, you know?
1: Mm. Yeah. I'm not an expert, of course, um, but I, I have a bit of an understanding. So basically when you have ADHD, your brain doesn't produce enough dopamine, right? Or there's a chemical missing. And so – so you can't like, you can't function, you can't focus on things. And again, I'll write proper um, information in the show notes and everything and sources and stuff. But so then taking the medication helps you with that. So you have that neurological brain function that you are producing enough dopamine. Cause dopamine without it, man. Whew. Mine's been, yeah, yeah, that's sort of how I kind of looked into it again is because I had some testing and my dopamine was so bad like so bad and she was like no wonder you're having trouble focusing at the moment (laughs) like you know like i've got all these things i'm doing and i am able to do things well and then i can't focus enough because i think i'm also been a bit burnt out but then i can't focus sometimes and that makes me feel really bad about myself and like i'm failing you know
0: when i'd heard the thing it's like lacking in dopamine adrenaline and serotonin and like that's why we we dart topics all of the time. it's like shiny object syndrome you know like that's why things like la-la-la-la-la go la, 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 over the shop because we're getting different hits of dopamine from, you know, like all those faster things. Like so that's definitely how the medication works in, in the essence that it provides those chemicals for you.
1: What have been some other things that you've found help structure your day or maybe there's things that it sounds like you don't like a lot of structure but what have been some things that have helped you sort of manage, I guess?
0: Definitely, Um as I said, like reward and tasks, small tasks are good, shorter work meetings. I don't have like meetings or anything that's like try and do longer than half an hour. Like it's really hard for me to concentrate like in a boardroom or in a meeting and like kind of get, listen to like what everyone's saying also like buying groceries and having them like out in front of me like having my fruit out in the kitchen so I can see it things if they're away I forget about them like I don't <laughs> even know that they're that's there. Such, um,
1: that's So I'm just relating like to my family like think the things I can I recognize in them yeah you forget things that are there right also
0: laundry is like Invisible. I don't even see the 23 kg pile of laundry. See, I do corner. like
1: laundry most days. Like I can't I love doing uh, laundry. I don't know why. I like things exactly, being clean. Laundry. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And also, as I said, like the body double's been really helpful. Like having someone work with me and next to me um, and kind of like shadow what I'm doing helps a lot as well. Also, just ensuring that I'm definitely going for exercise because endorphins, exercise brain, you know. all that type of stuff also fish oil capsules help as well they're really important so take your fish oil working with ebbs and flows as well your energy is like all over the shop some mornings i wake up and i'm ready to go and i just had to learn to like move with that rather than being like quite strict on it
1: yeah 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 totally you've given us so much advice already are there any other self-care practices things that you like to do to take care of yourself and obviously moving forward now that you're getting better after not being so well are there things you're going to do differently maybe i
0: definitely feel like going out to nature is always a good healing process which most adhd people like because there's less stimuli around so it's like you're not trying to like react to all the different things going on It's a bit more peaceful so i think i might be relocating from melbourne I might move closer to the ocean because I just feel like when I got sick, I was like, why am I working so hard to live by the ocean one day? Why am I not living by the ocean now? If if I'm working this hard, it should be able to be enjoyed at the same time as well. So yeah. I think I've just had that really heavy realisation that, life is passing me by now and like whilst working is really great being in my 30s like with my friends in Melbourne and doing like fun social things living by the beach and taking Sprout to the beach and stuff like that in the morning is something that is completely accessible and achievable for me to do right now I don't need to work towards that I think I'm just restructuring what I'm doing and where I'm spending energy and time because like I don't ever want to be that sick again because I think that's what Health does to you if it gives you a bit of a shakeup, it makes you realize like how valuable it is to be able to take your dog for a walk.
1: So true. So much advice you've given us. What is something, knowing what you know now, you would share with your younger self? Younger Jenna, just growing up. What would you like to tell Um, her?
0: I think I like, which is like what every person says when they ask this question, (laughs) is it like, just to literally not care as much what people think you know i feel like everyone says that but it's just because it's true i uh, contrary to what everyone would believe i've always felt so different from everyone from even being a young age like i've never felt like i've been able to fit in everyone probably assumes that i think that i can because i'm confident and i can hold myself in a social situation and stuff like that but inside of my head I've never really related to anyone like I've always felt quite distant from anyone so I feel like being myself and being unique is like the most important thing to be and I wish I did it earlier not being like everyone else that's all you want to do when you're younger you know how you just you just want to be like what everyone else is doing whatever yeah. decision everyone else is making whatever else is wearing it's easier to mimic that than just like you know yeah. stand on your own feet.
1: Side note, that must have been, I mean, I, I think a few of us can relate, but that must have been really hard feeling like that sometimes, you know, feeling like you were really different and no one really got you or, you you know, you didn't couldn't really relate to other people.
0: Yeah. It, to be honest, I felt like there has been so much healing that has come with the ADHD diagnosis from like a childhood perspective, you know, always being told like, you're too loud and you move around too much. You're too, too much of this or too much of that kind of thing. So I feel like, you know, in your learning and you read about other people's experiences and they talk about the same things, that's how you heal because you're like, oh my God, it's not just me. It's not a personal attack on me. That's just what makes part of who I am. So there is that full circle moment where you're like, oh my God, okay, just, I was a hyperactive kid. It's okay. It's not, you know, who I am. Like, I mean, it is who I am, but it's not, you know, it's a a part of.
1: Did you, do you think you've spent times where you felt quite bad about yourself do you think because of that
0: oh my god totally yes it's so funny my brother's like you are the most confusing person ever because you are incredibly equally as confident as anyone else i know but then equally is insecure and can be crumbled in so fast I even on the days where I've had you know the most insane pasta clubs with the most insane guests have I been like oh my god what the fuck am I doing like I struggle with that more than anything like I have terrible self-talk <laughs> yeah it's definitely a struggle to talk to myself positively and I leave a lot of notes everywhere like you know telling myself I'm capable like that's my mantra like it's it's a journey and I think that the voice in your head is special when they run as fast as they do if you have ADHD is something that most people will tell you is how you have to get on top of it that's why I have the notes and all the things because the mind that we have I had read somewhere it's like a Ferrari engine with like bicycle brakes that's what an ADHD brain is is it like you know and so there's so much firing and there's so much going on it's really hard to control that just having those words. That's such
1: a good analogy. Wow. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I know. Another really good one is your brain is like a television and it's changing 30 channels all the time and someone else has the remote. I'm like,
1: that's what it feels like that
0: someone's changing my channels like all of the time. I had a week
1: like that last week where my brain literally felt like I was just so stimulated. I was like, I'm doing this. I'm I'm okay, I'll do this this job now. I'll do this. I'll watch this. I'll look at this. And then like my brain, too many tabs open. And my brain, I actually felt like there was something moving inside of there. It was quite weird. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Really? It, I feel like that's what happened. And I'm like, I'm trying to do all the
1: good things. I'm like, I'm doing all the right things. I'm I'm having a peppermint tea. I'm being chill. I'm being calm. But why do you feel like that? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like my brain is just gonna like
0: explode yeah. food off its you know yeah
1: so many thoughts you've given us so much advice along the way and telling your story and thank you so much for for sharing that and being vulnerable like that we really appreciate it it's not easy to do and you've done it like with what seems like so much ease but what would be some advice you would like to share with those listening
0: if you've I suppose like heard anything that sparks I suppose interest to you you know, because a lot of people around me have gotten diagnosed since me because like friends, partners have been diagnosed because they've heard all the stuff. If you've heard anything I've said or like you've read anything where it sparks an interest, you know, go to your GP and get that referral. You can only get medication only from a psychiatrist. It does obviously cost money, but to be honest, like my experience in taking medication, other people I know that take it have been able to like get better at doing their work and it works for them. Other people have taking other therapies to work like I just think that if you feel like you do that basic google information search on accredited sites and you feel like you can relate to a lot of that stuff then yeah go to a gp or even just start other um there's so much information on the internet in terms of even solutions to problems yeah there's even some great adhd instagrams that i follow that just have tips and tricks and all those types of things
1: and what about for those who look up to you and all the amazing things you've done you know you're a boss entrepreneur you're plant mama what about people who want to do really cool things like you have and and you know live (sighs) their dream and live their passion leave their job that isn't serving them what would you like to tell them?
0: I just think that like the sooner everyone has like something on the side that they love or that they want to do that they're really interested in, the sooner that you get out and get it started, the sooner you will get to like the, the better version of it. Like there were so many jobs that changed in Plant Mama and even Pasta Club every week changes and even Sheila's Club every week changes. The sooner you start, the sooner you start the product or start the business or whatever, you're going to make so many mistakes. Like the earlier that that starts, the sooner you're going to get to the way that it's meant to work. And I feel like there's a lot of fear in people about like people judging them or like no one's going to buy my product. And I think it's just about doing testers. Like there are ways to launch a product or a business and to gather the feedback on the market without spending too much money. So I just really think that like the reason why I get to live this creatively free life is because I've literally gone in and just... Done it and worked hard and decided that, like, I'm better off giving it a go than not.
1: (laughs) And it all works out. Everything works out. Even if it doesn't like fly and you have to do other things, everything will work out eventually. It'll lead, I think, as well. It's better to say, like, to do it than to ever think, what if, you know?
0: Yeah. And there really is, like, which obviously your podcast goes into, like, there's also such a huge spiritual side of having a business, good relationships with clients, and you respect each other, and there's integrity, and like, you also do the right thing and like there's so much business karma like helping people out and like there's a whole other side to running a business that like I've been really um present for and conscious of and like always trying to do better or like you know those types of things so I think if you play the business game and you don't bitch about people all those types of things it pays off and I suppose like that universal support shows up when you need it.
1: Yeah, 100%. Be a good person, right? People will help you out.
0: All the time, especially in a pandemic. The amount of clients I had that were like, let me pay maintenance in advance, you know, to help you out, like those types of things, you know.
1: That's really nice. Yeah, it's good to hear. Yeah, I think being a good person, making sure you pay your bills on time and, and not screwing people over, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, hey, thank you so much for your time, Jenna. I have really appreciated having a chat. I know it's a a long time to sit down and have a chat, but um yeah, no, really appreciate Having a chat and having you on and chatting about all cool things like ADHD, yeah, yes, Queen. <laughs> you know. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Self Love Club podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We're an independent podcast, and you can support us by subscribing on your go to podcast app. Click follow on Spotify. Leave a five star glowing review. Show us where you're listening. Maybe you're out for a pretty walk. Uh, we'll screenshot and post on your Instagram story and and Tag us in it at Self Love Club Podcast so we can see and share. Share with your friends, sisters, workmates, everyone. Delve into our backlog and enjoy listening. You can find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast. I'm Abell Crawford, and we'll catch you soon. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad.
0: High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.